Broadcasting around the world from the Rod Cave. It's Rod Black. Welcome to the Rodcast. And this week, we've got a special one for you because this week is unlike any other during our calendar year because it is, of course, Super Bowl week and all of the fun stuff and the questions and the game planning and the strategies and the predictions and the prognostications and the parlays and the props and the betting and everything that goes around the biggest game of the year. We've got a great guest, perfect guy to talk about the Super Bowl. He's been called many things in his time. He's a former Colt, a former Cowboy, a former Argo. He once infamously was called an idiot kicker by none other than Peyton Manning. They patched things up since then. But he has, of course, from time to time, put his golden foot in his mouth. He's candid. He's controversial. He's Canadian. That's why we love him up here in the great white north. He lives in Arizona where the Super Bowl will be played. He's in Las Vegas this week where the Pro Bowl is being played because he once was a Pro Bowler. Please welcome Mike Vanderjack to this edition of the Rodcast. The Rodcast with Rod Black, brought to you by North Star Bets. That's a win. Now here's your host, Rod Black. And so here he is from Arizona, where he lives, where the Super Bowl will take place, and where the Pro Bowl is also taking place. Uh, well, look at Mike Vanderjack. Look at you. There you are. <laughs> Vandy, I haven't well, seen you in, well, a couple months anyway. Good yeah, to see you, man. Of course, we meet, we meet up in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. Isn't there? <laughs> isn't that where everybody meets up? Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, the Joe Carter Classic. I know you love to golf. We'll talk about that. Oh, we'll talk about yeah. so many things. One one thing I've always loved about you, and I've covered you for so many years, is how frank and honest uh, you are, and uh, and how colorful you are. So we got some great stories to come, folks. Uh, Mike Vanderjack, of course, is a former Pro Bowler himself, former NFL kicker, CFL kicker, Arena Football League kicker as well minnesota yep. fighting pike i remember yep. that very well uh college yep. kicker the head coach was uh the head coach was ray yock who was in the offensive coordinator when i was in saskatchewan ray yock That's was I, when, yeah when i grew up in winnipeg ray yock was the head coach of the winnipeg blue bombers yeah so when i was in saskatchewan i got cut by don matthews ray yock got the head job in minnesota so he's like listen vandy you don't have to try out you're my kicker so i went there and <laughs> but I kept kicking off out of bounds, so I got cut after two games. <laughs> well, that, that, that'll do it. Um, so, so much to talk about. Uh, but let's 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 not bury the lead. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, any surprise to you that two of the best teams, in fact, four of the best teams, made it uh, to the semifinals? But any surprise to you that these two teams will meet on Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, yeah. The fact that I took both road teams last week. <laughs> tell, Dude, I, hey, I took Cincy too. And they would yeah. have won. And, and forget the, forget the out of bounds hit. They should have they had two drives in the last two minutes and they, 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 they couldn't do it. With Joe Burrow at the helm, you thought, okay, it's, they're going out. Thank the you. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. So yes, I'm very surprised that the two teams, obviously Philly's had a great year. Don't get me wrong, but I just thought San Francisco, they had won like 10 straight, you know. And what's crazy is that Brock Purdy is from the Valley in, in Phoenix. So um, I know his dad a little bit and went to see his other son, Chubba, who ended up at Florida State. And I think now where is he at? Louisville or somewhere. 
But uh, yeah, so I knew the family a little bit and uh, certainly followed him with his unbelievable run that he had. And then when he got hurt, the backup looked like he had no idea what he was doing, to be honest with you. And they just and then he got concussed and it was uh, it was not good after that. And Philadelphia, absolutely. For, and Jalen Hurts' story, uh, the fact that and I, it's kind of crazy that we're still talking about this stuff is that, you know, for the first time ever, but it is historic. Uh, and and we will never talk about it until after the first one that these two black quarterbacks meet and Patrick Mahomes, this magician and Jalen Hurts, who is this guy, and he hasn't come from nowhere. He had a great college career, but you know, you look back at that Joe Burrow draft and he went fifty third overall. You don't think he's got a chip on his shoulder, Pat? Absolutely. I mean, he, he's just he looks like an unbelievable guy. I met him actually again in Scottsdale at the National Quarterback Club. Talked to him when he was, I think, coming out of college. So it might have been a couple of years ago, but it was a uh, good dude, you know. And he just le- seems like just one of those leaders, right? Like the the game of the NFL is changing so much. Like you don't necessarily have to just stand in the pocket and sling it all over the field. You can you can create stuff with the run and the pass from the quarterback position. The, the Lamar Jacksons of the world are they're changing the game. I mean, and it's. And it's now 11 on 11 instead of handing off. And now just the quarterback stands there. He's now a guy you got to account for. Kind of like, uh, you know, they, they took a lot of pages out of the CFL passing game, which was yeah. prevalent when yeah. you played in the Canadian Football League. Well, I mean, who was better than Flutie at oh, yeah. just, just being a magician with the ball that, you know. And what's crazy is that I've always said, you know, if, if the ball's on the 20-yard line and you need a touchdown, and there's two minutes to go, Flutie would be on my short list because I've always said, listen, he might flip it behind his back. He might shovel it to somebody. But I tell you what, he'll get that ball in the end zone one way or another. And that's kind of the way the NFL is these days. It's just hand, fake, hand, pitch, slide, motion, throw it deep all of a sudden because everybody's based on the run. So it's 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 hard to stop. So it's going to be interesting to see how those defensive coordinators in the NFL figure it out. So, you know, obviously the – the teams are arriving. It's going to be a crazy week in Glendale. Uh, and so glad you're on the ground there. Uh, and, and so glad that you get to see all of these players. Tell me, I guess, based on our betting prowess, you and I both from last week, maybe bet again what we say, but you've played the game at the highest level. You've been there. You've done that. What do you think about this Super Bowl? Is it going to be a close one? Uh, who do you pick? Well, it's funny. I, I was at an event. I'm in Vegas, actually. So I was at an event last night and there was a panel of guys talking about the game. And so I'm kind of behind the camera going, and it was Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, and Andre Reed. And they're, so I'm just, so they were talking about, you know, the the ability of Philadelphia as a team. Like they probably have the better roster than Kansas City. But Kansas City's been there, right? And they've got Super Bowl rings where Philly doesn't. So, you know, I give the edge to Kansas City. But I've I've kind of been doubting Philly this whole year, to be honest with you. I just I wasn't convinced that their way of winning would get them to this point, and it they proved me wrong. So, um, but I, at the end of the day, I just think Patrick Mahomes, and I think the ankle's probably going to be healed by the time, you know, it was it's going to be now three weeks by the time he plays again, from the time he originally injured himself. So, um, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. And uh, Travis Kelsey is unbelievable; he's almost impossible to cover. Uh, Shannon Sharp was saying last night that the, the the numbers that he's put up as a tight end are unmatched. And uh, Shannon was saying, you know, you, you put a linebacker on him, 
he's gonna get he's gonna get by you. You put a DB on you, and he's gonna muscle you. He's just one of those guys that is too hard to cover. And the the, the other compelling side, there's so many great storylines to this. Yeah. But the the Kelsey Bull, how cool is that? You don't have the brothers. I, I, I'm sure mom is that going, well, I'll wear half a jersey and half a jersey. Exactly. <laughs> or the dad wears one and the mom wears the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's – and they and they just seem like – they've got a podcast down here, and um, they just seem like good dudes. Like, yeah. you know, with the big old beards in the country, and, you know, they'll chug a beer and talk trash. And, you know, I, I don't remember what uh, Jason showed up to the Eagles parade. He had some sort of outfit on. It was like one of those iconic – speeches that he gave at the parade that was uh and that's just who they are right they're just so charismatic yeah. and i'm sure this week they're probably gonna have some fun with each other yeah who's got the best kicker the most reliable kicker i mean that's where your proficiency lies uh your expertise um i mean who if it comes down it to a, come down to a, it, a right? kick I mean, to win yeah when when the spreads a, when the spreads one and a half and it's been as much as pick them and it came out as i think one point I mean, again, the guys last night said, listen, it's going to come down, could easily come down to a field goal. You know, and Butker's got a better career, but he, he struggled a little bit this year. But, again, when the when the roughing the passer happened last week and, you know, there's no time left and it's a kick to minute win and he banged it right down the middle, you know, that shows a lot that the moment's not going to bother him because clearly he's done it before. Yeah, the muscle uh, memory Jake is Elliott, there too. Yeah, Jake Elliott's a little different. Maybe hasn't had those big, massive kicks, but he's been steady. He's been there a long time, too. So two good kickers, you know. And uh, my agent, Gil Scott, actually, that you know, Gil, he uh, he just signed Brett Kern, the punter for the Eagles. So oh, did he? I think, uh, yeah, so Gil's got, got the punter for the Eagles. But, again, the I think the Kansas City punter is the pro bowler. So um, from a kicking standpoint, I give Kansas City the edge for sure. So a close one, you got Kansas City winning. Um, I do. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll see. I was going to beer got? bet. I was going to beer bet you and say, "Well, I might as well. I'll do beer bet you anyways." I think I'm with you, Kansas City, but I'll beer bet you. And we'll, okay, we'll, you're going. <laughs> so, lots going on in the NFL. Obviously, you're in Vegas, uh, Pro Bowl time. Take me back to when you were a Pro Bowler and you went to Hawaii. You know, and it was a holiday. And there was a time when the Pro Bowl game. I remember as a kid, the Pro Bowl game actually had some impact and i'm not saying it doesn't have impact but right now it's kind of a it's kind of an exhibit it's, it's it is an exhibition but yeah. it's also kind of a dog and pony show in many ways and and you know it's to promote the game yada yada it's a flag football game what do you make of the pro bowl game being an ex-pro bowler well like i said uh before we started you know it it was a it was a flag football game 20 years ago when i played yeah. i mean you could tell and I, I don't blame them guys didn't want to get hurt right like they're making 10, 15, 20, 40 million dollars. It's an impossible sport to, to, to play an all-star exhibition game, right? With, with without exactly. hitting. Exactly. And I think they finally realized it because it just got it got worse and worse every year. Everybody just started hitting less, having more fun, playing different positions, having Ocho Cinco kick off when I was there. It, it just became kind of a charade. So um, but the fact that they've moved it the week before the Super Bowl, obviously there's the ratings thing and the NFL wanted to at least catch this Sunday and still have the NFL fans engaged. Cause if they did it after the Super Bowl, then, you know, most people have checked out after the Super Bowl's over and aren't going to get the, so the NFL being the billion dollar industry that it is tried to figure out how can we maximize our, uh, our dollar value the week before the Super Bowl. So 
I just watched a little bit of the uh, dodgeball and long drive contest and greatest catch contest they were having. I mean, the guys are having fun. So that's, you know, and they're just being acknowledged as the pro bowlers at the end of the day. So that was just, it's just a cool way for them to hang out and celebrate it. And like I said to you last night, I was at an event and, you know, Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa and Joe Burrow walk in and Jamar Chase. And, you know, I've been around a lot. As much as they wanted to be in Vegas, they didn't want to be in Vegas. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They wanted to be in Arizona. (laughs) Exactly. And then even Josh Allen went and played at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Yeah, I saw that. So, you know, it's just not what it was, to to be honest with you, but. You know, it's it's great to be a pro bowler. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, if yeah. you get that nod as a pro bowler, it's it's a notch in your belt for sure. Well, maybe that's what it just becomes, right? It becomes this this weekend away at Vegas. Yeah. Uh, everybody gets together, probably can do some business, PA-wise for sure. Uh, sign some autographs. People in Vegas will love it. And, and maybe it, it, I guess we always should have taken it is what it is. So I should ask you this. Is Tom Brady around anywhere? I haven't seen Tom. I haven't heard anything about him being here i'm not even sure was he a pro bowler this year no he wasn't but i thought maybe well you know what he probably wants to lay low anyway so i guess the question is is that for real is this it for tom brady i think it is i i think he he was not tom brady this year he wasn't the clutch guy he was less than 500 there were times where he pulled it out of his butt but at the end of the day i just don't think he was the guy that he used to be and i think that's probably he realized it. And, you know, the last two years, to be honest with you, two years ago when he played the Rams at home, I was watching the game going, this doesn't look like the Tom Brady that I remember. Like, he just looked like he had already checked out and it was a playoff game. And you're thinking, a playoff game, Tom Brady, that equals domination. And he just didn't look like he was mentally into it. And then I was very surprised that he came back after a game like that. But, but you know, with the off-the-field stuff that he was going through, I, I can only imagine – Mm-hmm. just the turmoil inside his head and his heart the entire season going through what he went through it must have been an unbelievably a uh, awkward uncomfortable and disappointing year for him yeah especially in this age of social media and all of that he is yeah. and I, I guess I'll, I'll ask you is he the goat in your mind absolutely yeah i mean what an unbelievable career and what's crazy is that i think he went to what 10 super bowls mm. 10 super bowls rod and won seven, seven. Seven rings, man. That's crazy. And crazy. It's amazing that Eli Manning got him twice. That <laughs> Eli Manning is two and zero against Brady in the Super Bowl is unbelievable. Which, which, which is you know again such a strange rule. Like if you would have thought back to that and you would have said, okay, years later, Tom Brady would be the goat, and then he'd have to go through this kind of humiliating year. I think in many ways for him. Uh, signed a deal. I think you're going to find him in a broadcast booth maybe someday. And that you Eli and Peyton that would actually be in a broadcast booth, but would be commenting games that were going on as brothers and bringing in guests. I mean, again, if you look back and you wrote a letter to your younger self and you said, this is what the league's going to be like. They're going to add games. This is going to happen. Tom Brady would be playing into his 40s, yada, yada, yada. You were playing back then. You might not have believed all of this. Yeah, you know, Peyton has started uh, Omaha Productions, which is all kind of this whole thing that started. And it's now branched out into more. Like, NBA guys are doing it, and there's there's so much more because of the success of the Peyton Eli show. I mean, I've been texting P- Peyton during the halftime, and he actually texts me back about different stuff. Like, they were talking about Justin Tucker coming on the next week because they were having 
And I said to Peyton, I said, listen, by the way, I'm the Justin Tucker before Justin Tucker. Don't forget that. <laughs> that is the best line ever. That's <laughs> like, well, you know what's so cool, though, is, um, and I know this was patched up long ago, but think about this. This is, I think, this Pro Bowl would be the 20th anniversary from his Mike Vanderjack comment. I think it was the Pro Bowl in 2003. I mean, time what, heals what you, everything. To- but you guys got through that right away. Maybe take everybody, the viewers and listeners. I mean, I just thought... I, Back then, I mean, I know it stirred and sparked controversy. I don't think there was as much. Could you imagine social media had you it been around at the time? But the beauty of all well, of that is, is that you're so outspoken. He's so outspoken. And you guys did play together again. And you and and you were fine. Four more years. Yeah. Three or four more. Yeah. You know, the the first time we saw each other in the weight room, it was buried. Like it was, it was, you know, I, what was, what, what was going through your mind? I mean, okay, you see him in the pit. Because I, I know this story, but I don't think I've ever asked you this. Like, what, you're, you're probably thinking, like, what, what goes on? Were you cool with it? We were boys. Like, we we hung out together. We, you know, we played in Cincinnati, and we'd take a limo ride with a bunch of us singing Journey at the top of our lungs in the limo <laughs> in Indianapolis. We were pretty tight. We had Don't stop boy. believing. Don't stop yeah. believing. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah. Uh, I walked right over to him in the weight room the next time I saw him, and I was like, "Dude, what were you thinking?" And he goes, "Dude, what were you thinking?" <laughs> so that was, was like, the you know, best opener ever, Vandy. Best opener ever. Yeah, it was. Uh, and I was like, "You know what? You're right." So um, I actually because I have a son in college who's a quarterback and I'm trying to teach him all the right things and say the right things. He's a phenomenal kid. I actually emailed, I emailed Peyton a few months ago and I said, uh, Hey, by the way, I said, you know, I teach my son don't live with regrets. And I said, I don't have a lot of regrets, but I said, my, my interview about you was one of them. And I said, I've just, I just want to let you know that I, it's one of those things that I wish I didn't say. And he's like, listen, buddy, I appreciate your friendship. And it was a long time ago. So don't worry about it, pal. So, and I even said to him, I said, you don't have to respond to this email. I said, I just wanted to let you know. And he responded and he was like, listen, I I appreciate you as a friend. So um, it was kind of one of those cool moments as, as you grow older. You know, when you're in your 30s and you, you and you talk trash and you're cocky and stuff. Yeah. When you're 52 looking back, you go, you know what? There's some things that you wish you didn't do. And that's kind of what I'm teaching my son is, you know, as fun as it is to be outspoken and fun and cocky and you know, at the at the same time, you got to be respected by people, and I just want to make sure that my son doesn't make those mistakes that you know that might learn to live to regret it at the end of the day. Fill fill us in. Like he was, he's kind of following in your footsteps, not as a kicker, but a lot of people should know that you were a quarterback well, as well. Let me tell you, is this he story. kicking as well? It's unbelievable. So, he's, oh wow! And in Canada, for the first time, he's going to Carlton next year. Oh, he's, that, gonna, hey, he's gonna be in he's, the he's gonna be in the Panda Bowl. Well, he went to uh, he was just really skinny in high school. He went to Ventura College out in California at a JUCO, which is a pretty good high end Division One kind of prospects JUCO. Played there a little bit. Got a scholarship to the University of Finley, which is a Division Two school in uh, Northeast Ohio, Northwest Ohio. My college teammate at West Virginia was the head coach coincidentally so um he went there played a little bit didn't play a lot um was supposed to be the starter this year and they had a 
transfer come from Louisiana Monroe and ended up taking the job. So he ended up going, listen, I'm not here anymore. He grew up running, winning punt, pass, and kick contests all over America. Like I, rem- I remember how good he was. And when you, I remember how great of a young player. Stars yeah, in his so eyes. He, and boy, did he love his daddy. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah he, we have a great relationship. So anyway, I, I think he, he's Canadian technically, so I think I could get him drafted. So I'm just trying to figure out where to play him. Gil Scott got me in touch with Corey Grant, who's the head coach at Carleton. So um, we had a talk, and he's like, listen, my my sixth-year senior just graduated. We want a veteran quarterback come in. I was like, okay, well, I got your guy. So he's like, listen. So we we talked, and he's in, and and my son kicks and punts twice a year, right? Like, he just does it just to do it. So we went out to Scottsdale, and uh, he kicked and punted, and I got some video of it, and I sent it to Corey. So coincidentally, Mark Nelson – who coached with me with the Argos in 97 is the special teams coach at Carleton. So it's, isn't he the greatest Mark Nelson? He's fantastic. Oh my gosh. He is. He should be in every Hollywood movie as a coach. It doesn't matter if it's football or whatever, whatever. Yeah. He's like, how uh, you doing? Love him. Well, who's the Nick Nolte? Nick Nolte. Yes, he is the Nick Nolte. coach. Well, you should see his son, Mark, Kyle Nelson, who was a long snapper for the 49ers. Yeah. Long... He's been there he for a long a, time. He is a chiseled, stud, beautiful human being. Oh, so wow. anyway, so I sent some punting and kicking tapes up there. I said, listen, just for the record, you know, in a pinch, my son could kick and punt. You know, and at the end of the day, if he's a quarterback who can kick and punt in the CFL, you know, there might be a roster spot for him to be able to, to be the punter, backup quarterback, do some things on third down that teams can't do. You know, you can't put a returner back if he can throw it. So then he would just be able to do some things. So a week later, um, they go, hey, by the way, your son's our starting punter and kicker this year. <laughs> just, I was like, okay, well, I guess we better get to work. So, Oh, um, that is awesome. Yeah, so he's about to be the quarterback, punter, and kicker for Carlton next year. How proud exciting. you must be. But yeah. also, how crazy – life moves in circles. Think about that. Huh? Like that again, yeah. where your career began in the CFL, uh, you know, your kid from Oakville dreaming of being a quarterback, I guess, then kicking as well. You go to the States, you get college uh, offers, you go to college, you, you come back to Canada and it wasn't easy for you. It wasn't easy. Like you became an all-star. You won the M most valuable Canadian in the Grey Cup. You're a back-to-back Grey Cup champion, one of the greatest kickers this league has seen. And, and if I, I think you were cut a couple of times before you, before you actually got a job in the CFL. Rod, my, my story is crazy. When I, like I, I went to, I was drafted by Saskatchewan. Dave Ridgway was the kicker, so I was just competing against Brett Maddich to be the punter. I ended up winning the punting job. Two games into the regular season, my sister was getting married. I got permission to go to my sister's wedding back in Burlington. Um, came back in time for practice. Didn't go to practice for whatever dumbass reason. Uh, next day, Don Matthews calls me in his office. He goes, listen, we're cutting you for rookie mistakes. I was like, okay. So I got cut in Saskatchewan. Next year, I signed in Toronto with Bob Labilovich. Wayne Lamley was the kicker. Uh, I think I missed an 18-yard field goal in a pregame preseason game got cut the next day 95 I went back to Toronto with Bob Obilovich and Wayne Lamley got cut again then wow. Hamilton picked me Hamilton picked me up the next day and, and uh Osbaldison was struggling so 
they took, they said, listen, we're not traveling you to the away game in Ottawa, but if Paul struggles a little bit, we're making a change. I was like, okay, cool. Paul goes five for five, kicks the game winning field goal, and I'm cut the next day. Um, and then that's when I went down to uh, the Minnesota Fighting Pike, where Ray Yock was the head coach. Ray was with me in Saskatchewan. He was the offensive coordinator. And he's like, listen, you're not, you don't have to compete for the job. I'm giving you the kicking job. Fantastic. Two games into the regular season, I kept kicking the ball out of bounds. I was 70% in the arena league kicking field goals. Like my field goals were not the problem. And those uprights are tight. Like 50% in the arena league is good. I was at 70 and still got cut because I couldn't kick off into the net. I kicked off out of bounds and they got the ball at midfield. So I got cut. And then I went back to Toronto again for the third year in a row Don Matthews who had cut me in Saskatchewan is now the head coach in Toronto and I'm going Gil this is what you got me but anyway um so the first preseason game there's there's a, an American kicker that I'm competing against so I kind of have no pun intended I have a leg up and then uh we were alternating kicks we go into overtime and it's rich fall the other kickers turn for the game-winning field goal in overtime because I had to kick the last one Matthews comes over to me and goes, hey, listen, you got the next one. I had my jersey out. I was chilling. And all of a sudden, you know, and now Doug Flutie is holding for a game-winning field goal in overtime. And you think it's preseason, but it's your life, right? It's not just a preseason field goal that nobody cares about. It's your ability to get a job, right, at the end of the day. So I made the 38-yarder, I think, and and got the job and had two great years in Toronto. Wow. And uh, we were literally probably maybe, I don't know, you might say this, one of the greatest CFL teams in in CFL history and those 96 and 97 Grey Cup teams. Absolutely. You think back, I mean, it took a long time before teams won back-to-back again. I mean, almost forever until Winnipeg did it. And you have to think that that moment, that that turning point for you, I mean, again, I just, I'm sure those are things that you impart on your son, but also things that you probably tell a lot of businesses. I know you do a lot of speaking engagements and things, but how that one moment, prepare for that moment. Because again, if you Scott Norwood it, or you miss that or whatever, maybe you're not there. And maybe you take another turn. I'm, I'm sure you look back on it, but I guess preparation, uh, you know, and, and opportunity. Perseverance, really. Perseverance, yeah. yeah. You missed that one kick and, we, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Like I had probably run wow. out of chances. I mean, so, you know, and even in the gray cup, the, the Hamilton Grey cup where you, there's no snow. And then you wake up that morning and it's snowing like crazy in Hamilton and we're playing Edmonton again, one of the greatest gray cups in, in gray cup history. And I'm missing everything in pregame. I couldn't make a thing The people behind the uprights were mocking me and laughing and clapping. Cause I would, I was missing everything. And then go into the game and just go five for five and win the CFL MVP is again one of those those moments that you're just like, what the hell happened? Like, how did I get to this point? And it and then it was it was just the the, the story that I could tell from you know day one in Saskatchewan to sitting here today in Vegas at the Pro Bowl is uh, is quite the journey. Yeah, but it's amazing that that kick change your life in so many dude that's that's like tv movie stuff like you could actually do a tv and by the way you were in a tv movie or a movie <laughs> i was just <laughs> what, what a great segue you just made to there you go tell, you got, tell us about that tell us about that actually actually i was just in sports illustrated I did a sports illustrated interview because they were doing a story on 
the garbage picking field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. So that was the uh, title, and it's up there somewhere. Is it on Netflix? Where can I watch this? I've never seen it. Uh, I don't even know where it is. I've got it on a VHS <laughs> somewhere in my in my archives. But uh, and you're getting royalty garbage. checks. I know that the dollar yeah, ninety five every six months. <laughs> yeah, Tony Danza, Tony Danza, and I are not on uh, Snapchat together or uh, texting. <laughs> But uh, it was um, it was again one of those things where you just I became the kicker in the movie. So if they needed a kick, I would make it. If they needed it to miss, I would miss. I ended up being a receiver in some of the background scenes in practice, and I was on the sidelines. Like you'll see me in some shots on the sidelines of the games that were filmed in Hamilton at High Bruin Stadium, and then some of the locker room scenes that were filmed at the Sky Dome. Uh, it it was again. It was really cool, you know. I think uh, Donnie Wilson had a speaking part in the movie. Nice. My, my teammate with Toronto, so um, it was uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, and of course, a lot of people still talk about your appearance on Letterman. I thought, you know, first of all, just to do that. I mean, that showed onions <laughs> to do it. And then, I, I mean, how cool was that? How many people can say they actually had an appearance on David Letterman? And not only have an appearance, but you you were like a star of the show. It was, it was again, I mean, obviously I, I was there for the wrong reason. Obviously I missed a kick against Pittsburgh and, you know, but he, he was, the next day they reached out to me and. Bill but he's Foley a huge said, Indianapolis guy, right? Like right. he's from Indiana. That's kind of what, I thought that was so cool. But then he's out there a block, a block from Broadway. They brought uprights out to the side of the street. We go outside and we marched off 46 yards that the kick was against Pittsburgh. And there's David Letterman holding for me to kick a six, a forty-six yard field goal, a block from Broadway, with my long snapper and my and my holder that I had brought with me to the show in the background, it, it's I have a picture of Dave bent over in, in my phone that I I'm like, hey, look at me on Letterman. So again, you know, it's you you can't have a perfect life. So I was on there for the wrong reasons, but I'm sitting in the chair, and I guess I had a, I had one really funny line where the crowd laughed their ass off. So it was. Uh, it ended up being a cool interview, and it was it was a positive thing. But uh, Bill Poling was like, "Listen, you go on that show, you're out of here." And I was a free agent; I wasn't coming back because of him anyway. So, you know, I was I was off to you know I went to Dallas, which um, another story. I mean, I, I was awful that last year in Indy. I couldn't make a thing in in the whole pregame and practice. I my it's like losing your golf swing, and you're just like, why am I Why can I not make field goals? And yet, in 17 games in my last year in Indy, I missed two kicks. Wow. Two field goals yeah. missed in 17 games. Wow. So, I, I, I guess when the lights were on, your technique comes through and you don't think about it. I don't know exactly yeah. what happened. but Well, it, your numbers uh, your numbers speak for themselves. I mean, again, you're one of the greatest kickers in NFL history. Your record in the CFL speaks for itself. Uh, again, you you know you had the the one little moment on a sport a Canadian sports television show that Peyton Manning got wind of. You've always been fabulous in interviews. You are one of the most. You're certainly if you're not the greatest kicker, you are the most outspoken kicker and the most colorful kicker. And uh, by the way, you're a great golfer too. Uh, but man, like if you think back on it, like again, it, the the chapters in this book, the chapters in this movie, uh. You you must be feel so blessed because you you know your boy's going through it, but at the same time you you must feel like hey man, maybe there is a purpose and my greater purpose is to to tell us what you did earlier in this interview 
is a, a tell the, the youth of today or the business leaders of today, you know, that you can cut through adversity, that you can make it like through all the cuts you've been through, well, you know, that- to, to, to be able to sit here and look at it. You're in Vegas, for goodness sake. You live in Arizona. You're rich. You're good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been quite the run. I'm not going to lie. And I think part of my problem is, Rod, is that I'm just a dude from Oakville. Like, I, I never really considered myself, oh, my God, I'm Mike Vantage at NFL kicker. And that's because that's – and my mom's upbringing. She's an English woman who spoke her mind, and I think she she passed away a little over a year ago, which is not fun for me. But um, she she just – she raised me to be honest. You know what I mean? And, you know, and I'm, I'm not very good at lying. I'm not very good at just fit, being fake. So it's just not who I am. Yeah. And it's and it's good and bad sometimes, right? Obviously we we say things right. and we we didn't, but you know, again, nobody walks through life perfect, right? No. Nobody. No. So I've had a lot of good times and you know, one or two, the Pittsburgh kick and the and the interview. If I had <laughs> duo, those would be my two do-overs, yeah. but uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, condolences uh for your loss. I, I yeah. went through the same thing with my parents and it never gets easy, but I will tell you, it takes a couple of years and then, you know, the smiles and the memories. And she's obviously a, a big part of your life and, and you've carried that over to your family and you, you continue to do great things and you do a lot of stuff for charity too. I know you have to fly. And normally I do this thing called the quick 18. You haven't got time, but we'll do it again. And, and you love to play 18. So I'll see you in Arizona when I come down. We'll play 18, but we'll do this again because you're a great guest. And uh, like I said, um, you, you said you're, a, you're just a dude. You're a great dude. One of the greatest I know. So, Vandy, well, thank you. Uh, we'll yeah. we'll look we'll look forward to our beer bet. Ha- hey, what goes on in Vegas? <laughs> hey, uh, we also said that about Moose Jaw <laughs> <laughs> with Shane Corson and Darcy Tucker and you, and we yeah, had a terrific that- time. Dwayne Ward. Yeah, uh, that was- shout out to the people in Moose Jaw. But Vandy, thank you. You're a champ, man. Hi, right, man. Holler at me anytime. I'm good for you. So. uh, great talking to you rod and uh we'll we'll talk maybe next week while i'm in uh super bowl week in phoenix should be fun we we will do that enjoy pro bowl uh have a great super bowl week the phoenix open and the pro and the super bowl same week on the same weekend in the same town it's chaos yeah in in the week good luck to your liver (laughs) (laughs) cheers what an incredible story of perseverance and dedication and luck, and honesty, and in the end, maybe retribution. He's a made-for-TV movie in so many ways, and much better than the one he was in with Tony Danza, the garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. I've I've never seen it. I'm not sure I will. Or maybe I will. Maybe I'll catch that one. But I I have the the title for Netflix or or, or Disney, whoever's going to do the Mike Vanderjat story. It should be the trash-talking Peyton Manning mocking, field goal kicking, phenomenon from Oakville, Ontario, Canada. Yes, he is an open mic, but we're glad that he doesn't drop that mic. He's a great dude. Successful businessman, entrepreneur, business leader, family man, and of course, always in Toronto Argonauts history as a champ. Thanks, champ, for joining us. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure you subscribe. Hit us up on all the podcast platforms. And most of all, enjoy Super Bowl week, everybody. And we'll see you next time on The Rodcast.
broadcast with Rod Black, brought to you by North Star Bets. That's a win.